Today's episode is brought to you by Stonebridge Ranch Dentistry in McKinney, Texas. Their personalized service makes their patients feel safe, heard, and cared for. And you can make your perfect smile a reality in one visit. They understand you have a busy schedule and it leaves you with very limited times to see your dentist, even when repairs are necessary. With their technology, skill, and expertise, they're going to eliminate the need for multiple sessions so you can get back to your normal daily life quickly and leave smiling with a new permanent ceramic crown. At SRD, they're committed to your safety and oral health, and they're going to help you renew your smile. And guess what? No multiple appointments. Visit StonebridgeRanchDentistry.com to learn more about same-day dentistry. Thanks, Stonebridge Ranch Dentistry, for supporting Gums and Gossip podcast. Podcasting from the great state of Texas, home to cowboys, boots, and stars that are big and bright, comes a podcast host that sparkles wherever she goes. This is Gums and Gossip. She's the dental educator behind the mask, and a hygienist with a lot of heart, ready to share her advice, her stories, and her special guests from the other side of the dental chair. And now, here's your host, Hope Lloyd. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Gums and Gossip Podcast. I'm Hope, your gum goddess podcaster, and I'm here to share my special guest, Michelle Strange. She is the roaming dental hygienist who has her master's of science in dental hygiene and loves mobile dentistry and roaming the country. She's a leader. She's very patient driven and she has lots to share. So we did a part two. She's also owner of Level Up Infection Prevention and a co-founder and passion behind A Tale of Two Hygienist podcast. So welcome back, Michelle. Thank you. I'm glad it's so fun. We had so much to talk about. We needed a part two. We did. (laughs) I wanted to start with in this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about teledentistry because I know we both think out of the box and I wanted to pick your brain on that. I also wanted to talk about some different events like webinars and kind of things that you're up to and also mental health. I think that was a big thing. Of, of all that with your real life and application of your story, just to hear a little bit more of how you have come to where you are now and the exciting opportunities that now are going to be coming your way. <laughs> oh, let's hope so, right? <laughs> so let's start with the teledentistry. Have you done teledentistry? So I have implemented teledentistry very uh, minimally. Uh, during the pandemic with uh, some office with as a clinician. And then I came on board with mouthwatch for uh, 2020, 2021 and into 22 actually um, and helped offices implement teledentistry. So it was really kind of fun because I was on both ends, um, but I was really able to help guide a lot of people to incorporate a digital workflow and I will say it's a double-edged sword, right? Because like as a clinician, it's not just changing your 
way of practicing and seeing patients is changing everybody's. Like it's changing the upfront team and making sure they understand what that looks like and how to communicate with a patient and explain to them what's coming and how this is going to be different and they're not sitting in a chair. Um, it's hard to explain to clinicians that like you can practice dentistry without putting your hands in somebody's mouth. Like it's it's still practicing dentistry, right? And there's some ways that we can do this that is more effective and more efficient and breaks down a lot of barriers to care for people because finding rides and finding child care and adult care for people who are taking care of their, you know, aging parents. Like there's a lot of things that we can do to increase access to care and break down some of those barriers. And, but it's hard. It's hard to implement those unless you truly want to. Um, now the pandemic was a lot easier because people are like, yeah, like Zoom, we do FaceTime. Like the fact that people just FaceTime me now out of nowhere and I'm expected to answer it is hilarious to me. <laughs> I do love it because I like seeing my friends, but some of the randoms that are like, oh, I just wanted to face like, no, no, you text first. That is still the... That is still this normal practice for me. Yeah, etiquette, you better warn me before you send in that FaceTime call over here. But yes, teledentistry is interesting. And the one thing that I'd like people to know about teledentistry, it's not like an all or none thing, right? Like you can practice teledentistry, like you can dip your toe into the pool of teledentistry, or you can just jump into the deep end. Whatever that want, you want it to be, you can make it work for your practice. So maybe it's just emergency calls. Uh, maybe, you know, over the weekend or on holiday or whatever that is. I would love to see hygienists be able to incorporate it for oral hygiene instructions and follow up to SRPs or non-surgical procedures. Because at the end of the day, it's that follow through. It's the encouragement. It's the motivation. It's all of that that is going to make a patient successful. I'd like to think I'm a beautiful, wonderful, efficient scaler, but like who gives a crap if I haven't been able to make sure that they could do biofilm management at home. So I hope teledentistry becomes normal in that regard, in that space. I joke around that one day there's going to be a robot hope. And so it's going to, I'm going to be on the beach where I'm, you know, sitting back and somebody else, it's robot hope, you know, I tell my patients is going to be, you know, going around and debriding or doing something scanning and then doing its thing so that it, it perio charts you or something, you know, with this robot. And they said, my patients go, we don't, we don't want robot hope. <laughs> we want real hope. <laughs> and I said, but I want to be on a beach. <laughs> want real hope yes i want to be able to be on the beach and guiding the robot with teledentist like you can get a little combo maybe like you could have the interaction but like there'd be a robot doing it like that'd be kind of fun i was talking to a dermatologist and we were talking about how the telemed you know with the dermatology how she would somebody would have a mole on their arm we'll say okay and they would take a picture and everyone's phones and everything is so different. And they would show a picture on their, they'd go, oh, look at this, you know. And she was like, well, is it raised? I mean, here you are trying to like figure out like, is it a bump? Is it like, how? what's the color? I can't tell the color because, you know, you're sitting here like this on the computer. And she said it was the hardest thing to figure out. 
if it was something that needed to be biopsied, if it didn't. And all I can think about in my head is in the dental world, people could show pictures, but half the time you're like, okay, we don't have x-rays. We don't have, you know, you know, the symptoms and you know, all this other stuff. I was like, how would it even work with not even going into the office except to get people with home care, I think. And like you said, doing this after the scaling and root planing, how how that would that would be incorporating it in. But I don't know how people would do it just to be like, hey, look at my tooth. I have, you know, something. And you're like, I can't see if it's red. I can't see. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So it's actually interesting because there are quite a few studies out there with teledentistry. And Dr. Scott Howell at AT Still, he teaches his uh, students in the residence how to do teledentistry and how to come up with a differential diagnosis. Like, yeah, like we're not going to know that it is an abscess that, or a, an endo concern without an abscess sometimes, but like you could have these conversations with people and at least be able to say, okay, I don't think, I think this is out of my scope here. I would send you to endo or I think that yes, like your child fell and hit that front tooth. Um, it's fine. Like it's wiggly. Like, let's see what it looks like in a few days. There's some things you could do there. Also university of Rochester has a ton of research um, where they are using it with the pediatric side of things. And also like remembering those barriers to care. So a lot of these parents are driving hours to the pediatric specialist in that way. And so your pre-op information, all the things that you do where you're just chatting, like, yeah, maybe I'm putting my hands in the mouth and double checking some things, but mostly it's just chatting. It's you know, alleviating fear, it's answering those follow-up questions, it's bringing a partner into the conversation that might also be making financial decisions. Like all of those things can be put to over to the teledentistry side where hands and mouth, chair and like our butt and chair, that happens in the dental office. But there's so many other things that we can do and really like follow-up. So like, let's say that maybe a periodontist is two hours away and that person needs to go to the periodontist for surgery. Well, to do a follow-up or suture removal, that could actually ha probably happen at the GP practice. And then they could have a teledentistry visit with the periodontist on the camera, on your live with your, your intraoral camera going through and showing them, and they don't have to come back, do that two hours, take off of work find a ride, whatever that looks like. So I think in our like urban areas, it's like, eh, like it's not, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you really start thinking about people who don't have access or, you know, have a lot of barriers, it's, you could do a lot with a video camera and uh, an intraoral camera or their phone. People think, and I know you've touched about being just a tooth cleaner where people have this misconception of you're just gonna just clean my teeth up and just hurry up. I've got things to do and everything else. And we want run across that all the time. Do you find that each state, do you have different things in each state that people are, are there more states that do that, that you've come across where people just say, hey, you don't, you're just traveling around and doing things you're just a tooth cleaner. I have actually just recently had somebody that was like 20 minutes late for their appointment. They drove in 30 minutes. So they're like, 
uh, you just have to clean my teeth. And I was like, well, today was like your, you know, full mouth probing and all these things. She's like, but those are things you want to do. I just want to get my teeth clean. And I was like, no, those are the standards of care. And I don't believe in working in providing care that is less than my the standard of care. I like to do best practices personally, but if we're not even going to be talking to bare minimum standard of care, I'm not going to be able to see you today. And I definitely have done a lot with motivational interviewing and patient engagement and um, being more trauma informed. And I do realize that like, we have allowed our patients to be very ignorant when it comes to their dental IQ, right? Like, in fact, I have a blog that I just pulled back out just recently that's on my website called The Reality of Dental Hygiene. I published that back in 2020 because I got real pissed off after I read an article like in, I don't know, some like, I don't know, health magazine or whatever. It was like eight jobs where like you can clock in and clock out and make good money or whatever nonsense that they were touting about the dental hygiene profession or all professions. And like we were lumped into that as a technical you know, job and technical uh, certification. I was like, hold up, no. Like this is, this is the stuff that is out there. So I almost can't be mad at them for this. And then we call them and we're like, you got your cleaning tomorrow at 11 a.m. See you for your cleaning. Like we have, we have created the beast that frustrates us now in a lot of ways. So I think changing our vernacular um, and explaining to them why we're changing our vernacular and like, so now I sit down and, you know, with my patients and I'm like, thank you for coming in for your preventive care appointment. Um, tell me what you like to do to keep your mouth healthy. Like, how do you rate your health? Um, I make sure that we have elevated conversations and it isn't just like laying them back in the chair, getting going. This is also why I run late y'all. Like it really is. I'm not even here to lie to you that I am always on time, but I do believe that if I want to see a change and I want to see people appreciate my education and appreciate the things that I am doing for them and that their mouth, a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a sick mouth is not a healthy body. That takes my effort and me making sure that they totally understand like the health history. I had a patient who was like, I wasn't ready for this today. Like, what are we doing? And I'm like, is it frustrating that you're going through your health history? And you know, like I have these conversations and I really try to make sure that they, I don't get triggered by them being triggered because it's not coming from a place of me doing the wrong thing. It's coming from a place from they're running late, they had a bad day, they're hungry. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of reasons people react to certain things that we do that isn't about me and the care I'm trying to provide. But it is a, it is my job and my responsibility to elevate and explain the type of care that I want to provide to them as my patients. Tying into that, my goal for 2023 is to bring back the soft skills. I am to be a soft skill speaker. I have lots of things that I'm working on in the soft skill world where I want to bring back to the basics, the people skills. And part of that is trying to not only educate your patients, but it's also your team it's also your doctor it goes back into everything because we have all these technical skills and hygienists get out i'll give you a personal story of mine i was in north carolina i went to densply serona academy i had never worked on a mannequin before okay and 
that was such a weird thing to have this mannequin. I probably, if I was in school, I'd be naming the dude, you know, I mean, it would be like, that would be my friend. Right. Yeah. Mine was Dexter. I always had a Dexter. (laughs) I've never worked on a mannequin before. We worked on each other, but times have changed where mannequins are more, you know, popular and everything. And they don't have cheeks. They don't have tongues. They can't tell you, hey, that's kind of sore up there. That recession area where, you know, something, it just sparks a little something. And, you know, so it was really kind of funny. So I am, I'm bringing back the soft skills and getting people more motivated to feel better about not only their career, but their offices. And so there's so many, so many things I could share with my patients that, that I do to make them have a warm, comfortable environment. When they come see me, you're setting that standard. You're setting that standard of care. If you come in and they're all grouchy and they have all this other stuff, if you can sit back and say, Hey, maybe they just need to vent or maybe they just, something just must've happened. And in our own lives, we have things that happen. And my patients have been the ones who honestly got me through a lot of different issues and they had no idea they were getting me through what I was going through. I, it's not that I was going, oh, let me tell you about la, 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 la. It was like they just sat back and while you're doing your thing with everything that we do, it was that communication and the empathy that most people can feel. And we have that as providers. We're capable of that as providers. So that's what I'm doing. That's great. And honestly, one of my favorite things, um, this was uh, Jasmine Haley told me about the book, What Happened to You? And it's honestly, it was life changing. It was career changing. It was changing for me, myself and my own mental health and like understanding why I do the things that I do. Um, You know, there's a lot that triggers people based on trauma, based on just life experiences. And we are in a very intimate part of the body. Like we are not the gynecologist, but we are like next level, right? Like we are right there. Like we have people laid back on their back. We are up in their face. We are in their mouth. Like that is a lot. Just smells and sounds and tones of your voice trigger people and people don't know why they're triggered. And so when get mad at them or upset with them or we push back and I'm a responder y'all like I match energy and elevate I sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it is not but that is who I am and I it's something I try to work on with patients because I understand it's not always me it is something that either happened before me um that I am pushing on them because that like I for maybe they feel shame, like they're used to being shamed in their partnership or their household, or that's a childhood thing. Like we cannot see patients, I don't think, without having that knowledge, that trauma-informed knowledge. I also would say it makes me a happier clinician having those soft skills and having that information because before I felt like I was banging my head against a wall and it was my poor communication and my inability to understand where my patients were coming from. And so as much as I hated the psychology and sociology classes I took as prerequisites, my gosh, are they serving me now? 
because I am not feeling as burned out. I'm, I mean, yes, people frustrate me. And yes, I'm like, get on up out my chair. Like it's, I have done all I can do to tolerate your existence. I hope the best for you, but I got, I have to go. You have to go. I'm at my limit because you now you're triggering me. But as much as I, um, that used to be a more common thing. And now it's almost, it's, infrequent. I could definitely say it's infrequent. It's those soft skills though, that has helped me to be less burned out and be a better provider. The other thing I was going to talk to you about is mission trips. Have you gone on, you've gone on mission trips? Yeah, I actually haven't gone since the pandemic, which is, I need to get back into it. Um, and now things are starting to actually happen and open up, but yeah, I started going on, uh, and doing like charitable dentistry, uh, back in, 2000, I think 13 or something like that is when I went, maybe 2012, something like that. It's really important for me and my own um, goals with charitable dentistry, even if it's in the country or out of the country, is to make sure that there is always a sustainable component to it. So, like, I don't want to go and set up shop where I perform some kind of dentistry and they don't have any follow-up care and there's not a way for them to have this dental home. Even if that dental home is infrequent, like they have something. Um, so mostly I want to go and do mission work or charitable dentistry in an environment that I am supporting the team on the ground or the boots on the ground and either doing education for them or supplementing their treatment. That's super important to me. So I usually find, uh, charitable organizations that and like my outreach that I worked out and volunteered for years like that was a thing we were a dental home for people and I think that's super important as far as mental health let's touch base a little bit on mental health it is a huge issue in this time but did you find yourself there was a moment where you found yourself needing a break from life or what happened? Well, I would definitely say um, I have been, there was a podcast that I listened to years ago, thanks to my my bestie, Eden Ivy, who is also an, a hygienist. And she, it's called The Living Experiment. And I heard it years ago. And it said, if we looked at mental health providers and taking care of our mental health, like we do, trainers and going to the gym like why do we stigmatize it so much like you can't have a healthy body without a healthy mind and I was like oh that resonates with me and so I really had I started I put myself in therapy um many years ago and really had to learn and like dust off the stigma that goes along with it but it was the best decision that I ever did and I have been getting uh, coached by Michelle Galloway and Life Lead Coaching for years now, and I would not be who I am right now, which is incredibly happy and working through a lot, living a dream, quite honestly, without her. Um, but yes, I've had multiple times where I, I have had to take a break, one of them being why I left a Tale of Two Eye podcast. Like, I was just at my breaking point. Um, I just didn't want to be in a partnership anymore. I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it. And I had done it for seven years and put up with a lot of things. I learned a lot about myself. I learned that I put up with a lot more than I should have. And not just that partnership, but a lot of other partnerships that I've had through the years. And I think um, just knowing 
your value and your worth and having somebody with an unbiased opinion, being able not to be a devil's advocate. Cause I, I hate the devil advocate. Like, I, I mean, I like it like when we're in a debate or we're trying to, but like as a, to like manage your mind, I don't like, I don't want somebody coming up to me and be like, well, maybe let's hear it from their perspective. Like, no, I want to hear like, help me work through this. Help me identify why I'm getting triggered or upset. Like those are the things that I think are so invaluable. And I think women have, we have seen and learned a lot in the last few years, uh, as far as, you know, we have a lot of unpaid labor that we take on way too much. Um, we make ourselves ill because, um, we take on the burdens of seeing patients and having kids and having this partner and cooking and cleaning and doing all the things and trying to be like superwoman. And that makes us sick. That makes us um, sad. That makes us unhealthy. And I think having uh, women who lift women up and having um, a coach or a therapist that can honestly be there as the support system the sounding board that you need or somebody you just vent to and that would not judge you for your feelings and thoughts and, you know, all of that. I think that's incredibly important. And I am beyond grateful to the people in my life that hold me accountable in the way that is kind and uplifting and will also support me no matter what decision I decide to make, even if it is a me being a hot mess on social media and telling everybody they can go cry to their mama about stuff. I know that's who I am, but I am okay with it. <laughs> I think that with mental health, I know I've been a single mom. I've raised both of my kids, and it has been a challenge. And then I've had other obstacles along the way. And everybody says, how did you do it? And I guess when you don't know any different, but it's when you stop and look at yourself and what you have done and then all of a sudden, everything just comes at you. Like, I'm at the point in my life where I'm ready to go and and speak and give and, and travel and, and do whatever I need to do to give hope back to the dental world. And I like to use my name, you know, to because I'm a giver. And you do get taken advantage of. But I'm finally finding my tribe of people that were, I maybe they were there, maybe they weren't. I maybe I wasn't ready to receive something because as hygienists and maybe I can be, you know, generalizing this again, but as hygienists we're givers and it's hard to receive back cuz you think that somebody might want something in return or there's something that is expected and here I am and some pe people take it the wrong way I'm a, I do things because I love people and I love doing things. And somebody who's had trauma or something else might think like, my goodness, she's so passive. She's so nice. Something's got to be wrong, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, it's just who I am. I've learned who I am and I'm proud of who I am. And you find people that lift you up where I didn't have that before. And my value and my worth, I look back now and I think how how did I allow that to happen where I was not worth anything, right? And then the pandemic hits and here we are and you don't take anything for granted now. It's just live your life 
have fun, help others, whatever warms your heart and just do. And that's why I resonate so much with you is because you're doing everything that you want to do now and you know your worth and it's very inspiring. Thank you. Well, and I just also want to tell anybody like this has been a journey. It's been years. I don't always know my worth. I still have the negative self-talk. I still have the, I'm not doing good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know actually what I'm talking about. I still have those, that, that silly narrative that happens in my head. And I have to really coach myself out of it some days. Um, there are some days where I show up for myself in really amazing ways. And then there are some days where I just have really crappy days or I let a lot of things come down at one time on myself or, you know, like, or they just do like, that's just life in the universe. And, um, I get down on myself. I get down on life. I get down. Like it, it is not always puppies and rainbows, but what I can say is that I am slowly seeing my value, my worth, my voice matters that at the end of the day, I am always in it for the greater good of almost all things. Um, am I reactionary? Am I a bit aggressive in certain aspects? Yeah. And I've always been, I've always hated that part of myself. Whereas now I'm like, don't care. You, I might be loud, but I'm often not wrong. And if you don't like to hear it, that sounds like a personal problem. Like go find someone else to talk to. Right. It's a you problem. <laughs> That's a you problem. Cry about it to your mama because it's not my my issue. It's not going here. <laughs> yeah. But I also what I take I will take things in to a certain point because I do believe in, you know, feedback and I'm not perfect. And there's always ways that I can grow not only as a clinician, but as a person, as a friend, as a partner. But what I'm not gonna tolerate is people not being okay with my standards that um you kind of have this, uh, you just kind of use and abuse. And a lot of women allow that because we are givers and we are caring and we are, and we were taught to do that too. Also just kind of put up with a lot of things and I am here, do not do that anymore. And I'm also surrounding myself with people that would be like, Michelle, are you good? Like, does this work for you? Does this feel alignment? And I can be like, you know what? No, it doesn't. It isn't. And I'm not going to do that crap anymore. And so I am beyond grateful for those human beings, but it really took me a long time and I've had to cut a lot of people out of my life. But I'm also like cut and dry. Like I, if you do not serve me anymore and you are also kind of jacking with my self-worth, you are cut off. Like the equivalent of a block on social. Like, I don't care. I make no apologies. You have to go. You're not, you're not good for my alignment. And I'm all right with that. Boundaries are very important. And I'm learning that as well. They're hard. They're hard, especially when we were taught not to have them. Exactly. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show again. I That's so many words of wisdom. I really enjoyed gum gabbing with you in our in our second part and letting everybody know that you're the roaming dental hygienist you're on instagram you also level up infection prevention you have michelle strange they can google you or you know look for 
look for everything. You have so many things going on, and I really look forward to maybe one day you'll pick me up or we'll cross paths where I'll be, you'll be roaming, and I'll say, hey, I'm in Colorado, too. <laughs> you know? I would love it. It's been one of my favorite things that has happened along this journey. So that would be amazing. And I appreciate you having me on and having these conversations and um, putting this out into the world. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Gums and Gossip and your host, Hope Lloyd. If you liked what you heard, Help us spread the word by leaving a review wherever you get your podcast. And tell a friend. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And we'll see you again next time.